Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Martial arts. How do we like our martial arts in Australia, mate? Oh my god. <laughs> you never know what to think when you get these intros. Sometimes Casey just screams himself out of the room. But I think his enthusiasm is for this card is about as good as it's gonna get, everybody. UFC 293 going down tomorrow night in Sydney, Australia. Middleweight title on the line. Not the middleweight title we were promised at first, but still, Sean Strickland steps in. He's made things very, very interesting this week, heading into tomorrow's card. He's not the only fighter that has made things interesting this week. We'll talk about that and much more as we are live here on the UFC 293 preview show here on MMAfighting.com. And what a crew we have. I am Mike Heck. We got the wise wordsmith, my bald brethren, Shaheen Al-Shadi, back on the preview show panel. What's up, Shaheen? Oh, what's going on? I, I mean, I can't go after Casey. That was tremendous. Caught us all off guard. It was great to be here. It was Love good, guys. It was as good as it could be. And joining us, and this might be the debut, perhaps, on these uh, preview shows for a pay per view. But when you got a card of this magnitude, you got to bring in the heavy hitters. <laughs> here he is with the greatest theme song in all of MMA, Mister New York Rick. What's up, man? Main event, Rick. Hey. How are you? Hey, hey, buds. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a wonderful day. Uh, and happy to be here and happy to be with you guys ahead of UFC 293. It's great to have you both here. And Shaheen, let's begin with you because we don't have AK in the gymnastics scale. We don't have Jed Mishu in the Mishu, the new Mishulin star scale, which by the way, if you watch BTL yesterday, he gave this card a zero and said if he was in Sydney, he still wouldn't go. Shaheen, we've... We've talked about pay-per-view events. 288 wasn't great. 289, there was some at least appeal to it. Not a lot of known names, but you could talk yourself into, look, if you spend 80 bucks, at least the fights seem like they're going to be fun. This one, I feel like a lot of people are having a hard time getting behind outside of some of the antics we saw at the press conference and some of the personalities involved. We got a title fight. We got Tai Tuivasa, who's always fun. We got Manel Cape. Manel Cobb is supposed to fight Kaikar France. With that fight, this card looks a little bit different, but now he's fighting a 7-0, 22-year-old newcomer. We got the Pleasure Man. I mean, 
Where does this one rank, my friend, when it comes to pay-per-views in 2023? How excited are you for this card? I think it speaks to the quality of the card that the Pleasure Man's nickname has been like a running narrative and like one of the main <laughs> running narratives throughout fight week, right? Like Tyson Pedro just can't seemingly get over this. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, right? Like this is objectively a below average UFC pay-per-view. It's probably the worst UFC pay-per-view of the year. Uh, I mean, there's there's not really any dancing around that, right? You look at sort of the names, the star power, it's Israel Adesanya. You could throw Sean Strickland in there and maybe Tai Tuivasa even, but outside of that, like there's just not a ton to sort of grab the casual audience, to grab the audience that sort of floats in and out uh, of these pay-per-views and sort of picks and chooses. I mean, we were talking though before the show, and I think I certainly agree with what was being said, that you look at the main card, if, if you're one of those people who – your judge, your your barometer of is this a good card is did you have a good time at the end of it? I think you might actually enjoy this card. You look up and down this main card, I think all five fights could very well end in, in spectacular knockouts or just some sort of fun uh, finish in that capacity. If, if, if you go through a main card, you spend $80 for it and you get five, five knockouts, five finishes, and you come away from it feeling good about your money, like, hey, good for you. You probably had a good time. But ultimately, ultimately in terms of the actual card itself, we all know what it is, right? Like this is the worst pay-per-view we've had so far this year. Yes, yeah, Nierkirk, we talked about this. There's a minus, the potential of Dana White showing up to the press conference and saying, hey, don't judge a don't judge a card before it happens is like minus 700 right now. Like there's a very good chance that we could get a lot of finishes on this card. But in terms of storyline and like long-term booking, there's just not a ton here, is there? No, I agree with you um there's not there's not a lot of stakes here right like is sean strickland a fight that propels israel adesanya in a different direction now granted if if sean strickland can get the job done that obviously creates some kind of um new stakes for the for the middleweight division um but mostly there's a lot of fights that i think could potentially end in knockout and uh, to shaheen's point if if that's how you're going to judge the card if a, a string of knockouts somewhere in the, in this uh run of fights is going to keep you satisfied then there's a chance that you might you might like this one but on paper yeah i'm not loving it i mean you know in the lead up to this i was sold the uh, bill of goods that you know the fight between israel adesanya and strong strickland is not going to be that great but man wait for that press conference that's the real main <laughs> event the press conference is going to be the main event and when the press conference came it came and went and to be honest the most exciting moment was generated by manel cop who is an absolute insane person um and he was the he stole the show so so far, it's 0 for 1 in terms of things that I've been told is going to be great about this. Hopefully, the fight can be a little bit better. I'm not expecting it to. I really think this is the worst possible stylistic matchup to the point where if you ask me who's the, the, the worst stylistic uh, opponent for Israel Adesanya, I'd, I'd probably pick Sean Strickland, and, and I think he's going to style on him. Uh, but yeah, there's look, if knockouts are what you're looking for, I think you'll find some on this card. But if you're looking for competitive fights, if you're looking for high skill level equal matches, this this one just ain't it. This this card was made for Israel Adesanya to have a showcase in Australia for them to sell some tickets and to move on to the next event. So let's get into this main event, Shaheen, because on all the various shows, I've either been asked or I've asked the other panelists, how can Sean Strickland win this fight? And the betting odds, right around minus 650, minus 700 in favor of Israel Adesanya. And when you look at it stylistically, 
outside of Sean Strickland, and you can't even say like if he has a perfect MMA fight, he's going to win. He needs to have like an imperfect, perfect MMA fight. Like he needs to do everything wrong to the best of his ability to beat Israel Adesanya. It's so strange finding ways for him to win. But the better storyline for sure in the aftermath is Sean Strickland winning this fight. It would be objectively the funniest thing that has happened in a long time. The rankings for our panel would be broken in a million pieces and the whole middleweight division would be in a place that we never dreamed of. So I guess my question to you is how can Sean Strickland win this fight? Tell like, can you paint a picture at all of how he can win? The rankings would be blown to pieces. I I, I think like Alec, when Alex Pereira won, uh, the middleweight title that really ruined our idea of what pound for pound rankings actually is right it sort of blew it up from the inside if sean strickland wins this like we may as well just never do a pound for pound rankings post again like what are we doing <laughs> at that point like sean strickland top five pound for pound fighter in the sport uh yeah man i don't know you know it's a tough one when i mean even this past week our our good friend damon martin on the website spoke to sean strickland's coach eric nixick and eric nixick just straight up admitted it right like this is one of the worst stylistic matchups we could have had for sean sean is not this power puncher like a Pereira. this guy who's going to come in here and like hey he's got the puncher's chance he's got the one shot knockout power that can you know you can catch somebody over the course of 25 minutes that's not him he's not really a guy who uses his wrestling i know he's spoken all week about how he's he's incorporated a lot of that in his camp and he incorporated a lot of that in his camp for Alex Pereira, and we see who he is. He's a headstrong dude who who marches forward, gets at you with forward pressure, punches and bunches, and tries to hit you with the old Nate Diaz, just overwhelm you. And it's just like that feels like an absolute nightmare for a counter striker to the level of which Israel Adesanya is, right? Like Israel Adesanya, whether you like him or not, he is one of the most creative and just one of the most decorated and accomplished strikers that the middleweight division has ever seen. And he eats this type of stuff up for lunch. Like this is tailor made for just a, like Eric said, like a showcase fight fight for Israel. Cause Sean Strickland's not going to, I mean, you can rewind the tape if this ends up happening and go ahead and blast it out on me. But like Sean Strickland's not going to land the Alex Bray. He's not going to land the one punch shot in the middle of the second round that puts this out. Like this is, he has to win a decision. He has to grind this out to win this. It feels like, and that's just tough. If you're giving Israel a sign of 25 minutes. And I think that that obviously plays into why this event feels so weird, right? Like this event just feels like a very stopgap sort of event in the schedule of like, hey, we're just going to give Izzy another fight and keep this moving. Uh, and, you know, some people are very excited to see what Sean like, did at the presser and things like that. But also it just feels weird because it is almost like a bridge fight. Like all of this just feels like a very much a bridge fight to one of two outcomes, both of which are infinitely more interesting than this, right? Because if Israel Adesanya wins, his next opponent regardless is going to be an opponent that I think a lot of people could can beat him right it's either going to be the Hamzat Shemaev Paulo Costa winner if if you believe that's Hamzat then that's the long-awaited Hamzat Shemaev title shot that's the long-awaited chance to give Israel a wrestler of that degree that's that that we've been waiting for that boogeyman for for two years three years at this point to reach that sort of level and so that's what's next also trick is to police see right like that's still sitting out there that is the one that this should have been and you know just unfortunately the timing didn't work out but either of those whether it's DDP or, or Shemaev that is infinitely more interesting than this and infinitely more dangerous seemingly from the outside for Israel. So this all just feels weird because, again, this is a very much a, a bridge fight and you don't want to say any fight's a gimme in the UFC, but this feels like the most, I don't know, just obvious gimme that we have seen the organization give a champion in a bit. Uh, but, you know, 
it's MMA, anything can happen. But it, God, that if if Sean Strickland won, the MMA world on Monday would be a very bizarre place. I'll tell you that. Absolutely, and New York, like, look, in terms of betting odds, there there would be bigger upsets than this, right? But but I want to just for you personally because. Like even the Sarah GSP one, like it, the, the nothing's ever going to top that one just because of how it came to light. Sarah basically won a, a reality show, probably lost his fight to even earn the title shot, gets in there and a jujitsu master knocked out the great George St. Pierre. But you could like even go back and just look at the build to that fight and you could feel like George was at least kind of not taking him incredibly seriously. Even like Nunez Pena, that first fight, like there were vibes in the air that mm, maybe Juliana can do this if she could weather the storm. And some of these other examples, like Luke Rockhold, Michael Bisping, like Luke Rockhold all week just was super overconfident. His ego was through the roof. And you just felt like the vibes were in the air that something crazy could happen. This one, is he saying all the right things? Like you can't poke holes in really anything he's done this week. How shocking would this be if Sean Strickland won? Like how can you – compare this to some of the other big upsets in the history of the sport, at least for you personally. Yeah, it would be one of the biggest upsets in the sport because of how decorated Israel Adesanya is, because of the legacy he's already built. If he's not the best middleweight of all time, um, and I, if, if you were alive during Anderson Silva's run, I can understand why you would why you would feel a certain way about that. He's number two, and he's encroaching on number one, right? Like it's it's only a matter of time if he keeps racking up title defenses. So he's potentially the best in the weight class, and if not, he's number two. Um, it would be massive because as we as we've kind of pointed out, Sean Strickland kind of fell into this opportunity, and Israel Adesanya vouched for Sean Strickland to get this opportunity. It was all custom built for this. It, it really wasn't um, a situation where he earned this shot and and was the undeniable uh, challenger. That would be Drekus Duplessis. So it would be massive. Um, but I will say there's a path to victory and it's something that you touched on and it's, and it's the ego, right? A lot of times when we think about puncher's chances and when we think about how these upsets happen, it's often us kind of overestimating the capabilities of the fighter's offense. It's kind of saying like, yeah, but what if what if that guy lands that one punch because they've done it in the past and because they have that capability? I really don't see that opportunity for Sean Strickland because I think his offensive capabilities are what his offensive capabilities are. I think at his best, he really still doesn't have the offensive tools to defeat Israel Adesanya, even if Israel Adesanya is at, at a bad level. Where he can win this fight is if Israel Adesanya's ego doesn't allow him to beat Sean Strickland in the way that he's able to beat Sean Strickland. If he fights the fight where he's overly aggressive, if he fights the fight where he feels like he has to get a knockout because this was a showcase showcase fight, if he get, if he wants to finish Sean Strickland because he had to prove something about the words that he spoke and make him pay for all these things, that drastically changes what kind of fight we're, we're looking at here. Now, again, risk-wise, odds-wise, I'm still counting on Israel Adesanya, even if he, we're factoring that in to win this fight, but that is how it's done. It's if Sean Strickland is wrestling 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 mixing in strikes minimally not leaving his head exposed and really just frustrating israel adesanya to the point where if israel adesanya can't get the finish he starts to be frustrated and, and his ego starts to take over i don't expect it to happen i really don't and, and i don't think there's many out there that do but that's the path the path is he has to take israel adesanya off his game no matter what kind of night sean strickland's having because on his best night i still don't think he beats israel adesanya but if israel adesanya has his worst night 
now the odds are slightly more even, and and that's the path to victory. But it would be a abs- an absolutely massive upset if you just look at the skill sets, if you just look at the legacy, if you just look what they've built, respectively. Uh, he Israel Adesanya is in a different class, and so this would be massive. Well, uh, to your point, nothing is ever topping GSP and Sarah. Like that one's just firmly established forever. Uh, but this would be up there in terms of ones that I just had no vision uh, that it was possibly coming. Yeah, it's at worst top three for me. At worst, probably number two. This is probably bigger than Nunes Pena if he gets this done. What? But really? Yeah. Top, top three, you think? I think it's top three. You don't think so? Like just for I mean, me I, personally, though, not for like, you know, the, the the greater history of the sport and like pundits galore, how they all feel collectively. But at least for me, I'd be like, wow, vibes. this would be a what? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's funny. I, I, I definitely put it top 10, but... To me, like Bisbing, Rockhold, Pena, Nunes, and then obviously Sarah GSP, all those just felt impossible in a way that this at least just doesn't feel that impossible, right? Like it feels it, – it, it's been a weird year. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't put it top three, but definitely top ten. I mean, it would be wild. For for Watch Party Entertainment, Sean Strickland winning oh. would be absolutely ridiculous. It would be absolutely ridiculous. And, and to Sean's credit, he has handled this – in stride he is the same guy he has no pressure on him none of this is bothering him none of this is getting to him there's no such thing as the moment is too big he's just sean strickland he's going in there and playing with house money he's got nothing to lose if he loses this fight who cares he's just gonna go punch somebody else in the face for five rounds at the apex in three months he's gonna kick off the year or end the year at the apex and win a five-round fight against the number 15 middleweight and he's just fine with it. Like that's what makes Sean really interesting in this fight. And he's getting over and he's getting cheers and applause from the Australian fans and he's eating it up. And I don't even think he expected that. So he's been either way. I feel like his stock, if he's somewhat competitive in this fight, I do feel like his stock is going to rise because I think more people know who he is and people seem to gravitate towards him for, for obvious reasons. But Shaheen, you mentioned something about, kind of the fork in the road here the bridge fight for israel adesanya and this fight in most people mind most people's minds is going to go one of two ways either we're going to get the adesanya cannoneer type of fight where he just 50 45 sean strickland or we're going to get the paul costa sort of alex Pereira fight where he just goes bananas and cold somebody and either way it's just going to be a domino win for adesanya but you mentioned we got drickus duplessis who was supposed to take this fight dana white was asked about drickus at Tuesday night's contender series post-fight presser and he threw out the whole well you know what happens when you turn down fights we'll see what happens on Saturday Hamzat Shemaev has entered Israel Adesanya's mind and throughout his his conversations this week what happens here like if Israel does what everybody seems to expect him to do Drickus is right there. I feel like that thing had so much heat after DDP beat Robert Whitaker. And now between Izzy kind of talking about it and Dana saying what he's saying, there seems to be a fizzle effect here. And now we got Hamza Shemaev getting ready to fight Paulo Costa. How do you think this ends up? Like, do you think he ends up fighting DDP? Or do you think Hamza with the win over Paulo just, sorry, DDP, you're going to fight Jared Kennedy instead? The Dana thing is just so so dumb it's it's just a case number four thousand of why this isn't a real sport right like hey you you just went and beat emphatically the former champion the guy who was what like 15 and 0 against everybody in the division not named israel adesanya or something like that like 11 and 0 it was it was a crazy number i can't 
think of it off the top of my head. You like beat him in a way that very few, if if nobody other than Izzy has has done. And oh, you wouldn't turn around and fight again like two months later for the biggest opportunity of your life while you're still recovering from an injury. Like, come on, man, what are we doing? Like, you're gonna give Drickus two months to prepare for a fight like this? It's so silly. It in a, in a just in real world in a real sport, like the answer to your question would be Drickus, right? Because that man has proven it about beyond a shadow of a doubt. He's six and zero in the UFC. The Robert Whitaker win is the single most impressive win anybody in this division has other than Israel Adesanya now that Alex Pereira has left this division like no that is an unassailable win and there's nobody with a better resume than DDP and really there's nobody with a better story than DDP right because that rivalry like the way they can build that up it's probably gonna get really ugly it's probably gonna get really gross at certain points but like that's gonna sell that's gonna get people interested and that's gonna get Izzy interested right like he's gonna be all in on really proving a point in that one and honestly, like, it's just deeply compelling because Drickus can beat Izzy. Like, we saw the way, if he is that guy now, if, if post-nose surgery Drickus is this monster who can run through Robert Whitaker in the way that he did, really, without getting much pushback, like, I'm in, deeply intrigued in what that man could do against Israel Adesanya. That being said, I don't know if he's the actual realistic answer, right? Because we have Hamza Shemaev just sitting here very, very soon coming up. <coughs> that he's that fight's about to happen. And we have been waiting, as I said at the top, we've been waiting for this guy for like two or three years to reach this sort of level. It has been it has taken forever. It's seemingly three years ago that he fought Nate Diaz or that he was supposed to fight Nate Diaz at this point. Like it seems like it's just been so long since this man's been alive. But he was the heir apparent, right? Like he was supposed to be the welterweight champion. He was supposed to be the two division champion. I think there's a very real world that if if Izzy does something impressive and then says Hamzat's name in the post fight press conference, and then Hamzat goes out there and just demolishes Paulo Costa in a way that he very well could. That Drickus kind of just gets left here, sitting there looking at looking at everyone else, being like, "What just happened? Like, how did I get skipped over? Like that—that's the UFC, right? Like we've seen fighters get skipped over for things pettier than than not accepting a fight on two months' notice when you're injured. Like that is a very real possibility. If it's to, if it's up to me, I'm doing DDP because I'm just so deeply interested in that fight. And Hamza can wait. He he he's had one fight in this division, more or less at that point. Uh, but I think the UFC there's a very, very real chance that they'll go with Hamzat, especially if Izzy wants it. What do you think, Derek? Because I also think the timing of this is kind of interesting too because it doesn't seem like it's that close, but Izzy talked about UFC 300 this week. We're seven months away, and the way this sport moves and how quickly everything goes, that's going to come real fast. And as, as personal as these rivalries can be and how the UFC is very good at creating these narratives – there's no denying that Izzy versus Hamzad is a bigger fight than Izzy versus DDP. There's just no denying that. And for UFC 300, Izzy versus Hamzad would just be a friggin' insane main event. So do you feel like, and if I'm DDP and I've said this a million times this week, he better be on a, a one-way trip to Sydney right now. He better be sitting in that crowd. There better be visuals of security holding that man back from getting into the octagon on Saturday if Izzy wins. Do you feel like Drickus is going to get skipped over here if Hamzad does to Paul Acosta what he's done to everybody else he's fought thus far? 
I think because it's Israel Adesanya becomes an interesting topic of conversation because he's so active as a champion. Most other champions, right? You can kind of plan their fights further in advance, but because he wants to remain so active, it puts you as the UFC almost in a tougher spot because of how many of the potential challengers um, he's already beaten. Because of the lack of kind of fresh names, we end up with a matchup like Sean Strickland, right? That is not particularly compelling um, unless you're a a Sean Strickland fan. So because it's Izzy, I think it's really just subject to timing. It really is just like who's going to be available the next time Israel Adesanya fights. If we eliminate that aspect of it and who the UFC would put in there, it's going to be Hamza Chimaev, no doubt. If he goes out there and smokes Paulo Costa, there's not a chance in hell that the UFC risks the idea of waiting another year and wasting another year. Uh, to Shaheen's point, that was September of 2022. And before that, the last time he fought before that was April of 2022. I really look at that date because the September fight wasn't a real fight like all due respect to kevin holland who i'm one of the biggest fans of that wasn't a real fight and nate diaz wasn't going to be a real fight so we've kind of missed a year and a half of of real fights for hamza we haven't seen him since the gilbert burns fight in in what i would consider a competitive fight and that is too long that is too long to wait for somebody who could have been a champion at 170 can potentially be a champion at 185 whose career is kind of on hold and hiatus until this uh paulo costa fight happens you take every opportunity to make that fight whenever you have it. So if Paulo, uh, if uh, Hamza Chimaev goes out there and smokes uh, Paulo Costa, you book that title fight the, the Saturday that it happens. You know how Dana White says we don't book fights except for if it's Colby Covington versus Leon Edwards? Well, you make another exception and you book Hamza Chimaev versus Israel Adesanya on that night and you move everything uh, to make it happen toward that date. And you don't you don't have Hamza Chimaev sitting on the sidelines. And if you're Drikus, maybe you take a fight, maybe you don't, but I think you'd be happy to wait and you just wait for the outcome of that. Uh, but you do you do Hamza Chimaev as quickly as you possibly can. Man, does it feel like Drikus has dropped the ball this week to, to, to anybody? Like, little, if you're him, right, you have to stay at the forefront of the conversation. Like, why would you not make yourself a presence all around Sydney? Just be an omnipresent because people forget, man. Like like you said, Mike, like the short-term memory in this sport is crazy. And, and if, if people aren't seeing you out there, it's almost as if you don't exist. I feel like half the people out there have already forgotten that this fight is huge, that this fight could be really compelling. Like, he's just not around. We're not seeing him, and he's not reminding us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Kai, I agree. Kai Car France, Kai Car France, just being at the press conference, just got himself a fight with Manel Cop. Like, yes, Manel's not rising above that. They're just going to go ahead and rebook that fight because he was there. But here's my point: you can do that at any point, right? If Drickus pops up next week, and all of a sudden there's a reason to kind of drum that heat back up with Israel Adesanya, you can do it. So. I think Israel Adesanya is, is the kingmaker in the division. Obviously, he's the one who's who's choosing the fights. When he got into that ring after uh, that ring, when he got into that cage after Drickus uh, uh, knocked out Rob, he kind of made he made him a made man. Like there is there is enough people that are looking at Drickus as now rightful contender. Israel wants it. There's heat. All it takes is you gotta you gotta turn the simmer up a little bit. And I'll agree that he could have this week, no doubt. But I do think at some future point he can. The problem is going to be if he waits too long and all of a sudden Hamza Chimaev turns the simmer up faster because he's going to get that water boiling. If he comes out there and smokes Paulo Costa and gets on the mic, there's not a thing in the world that's going to stop 
uh, them from making Hamza Chamaya versus Israel Adesanya. So he's got to he's got to act sooner rather than later. This would have been a great week to do it, but I don't think all is lost. I think there's an opportunity for him to kind of make some noise after the win uh, by Israel Adesanya and kind of remind people, hey, I'm still here and I'm still the number one contender. But man, if he if he waits too long and Hamza gets that pot boiling, it's the trains the trains out of the station and and he's going to get left behind. Which is so crazy to think about after that face-off at UFC 290. But uh, let's get to predictions, and then we'll talk about some of the other storylines with this card. Uh, right now, Shaheen, Israel Adesanya, according to our friends at DraftKings, minus 650 favorite, the comeback on Sean Strickland, plus 470. Anything can happen when that cage door closes, but I kind of feel like you're going Izzy here. How does he get it done? How high do you think that line gets by the time we get to fight night? Like it was fight hour. When I was doing heck of a morning, it was Izzy was minus six ninety. So the, a couple, some money is coming in on Sean Strickland, which doesn't. I mean, why the hell not? I mean, yeah, at that point, that's flyers, shot. right? You're just yeah, taking it's, a shot. oh yeah, it's flyers. I don't know. I bet that gets up to seven hundred by the time we they're in the cage. Like, I mean, obviously, I'm picking Izzy. This to me is it's what we've said throughout this show so far. It's a tailor made matchup for him. Like we've just seen Izzy throughout his career. The guys who bring the forward pressure, the guy who brings the fight to him, the guys who sort of are all about that action. Uh, they tend to get slept pretty hard. Like Alex Pereira was sort of the exception to that rule, although not really ultimately right because he also did get slept. But also Alex is such a far more decorated and complex and, and creative striker than a guy like Sean Strickland who's very much in that Nate Diaz mold of just plodding forward, just keep coming forward in your face, in your face, punches and bunches, just throwing a lot of volume out. Like Izzy eats, that st- eats those kind of fighters up alive. We've seen it time and time again. I don't think this is going to be very different. Also, I think the moment too, man, like it's tough. It's tough because we haven't seen Sean Strickland in a moment quite like this, but we have seen him in moments where it feels like it's big stakes. And it do- I don't know that he's a guy who necessarily has risen to the occasion so far, right? Like the Alex Pereira fight was a great example of him going out there. There was a path to victory for him potentially to wrestle, and he just got caught up and got too wanting to outstrike the striker and we saw where that ended up for him i, I just don't see this going well for him i think Izzy's going to have a spectacular performance so i can see a second round knockout very similar uh just something something that's going to end up on a highlight reel right like something that's going to end up that on the izzy a legacy tape once his career is done and we'll see this knockout over and over again throughout our life that's sort of where i'm calling it rick what's yeah. the, what's the official pick here i'm expecting a finish sometime in the in the early to mid rounds um for israel Adesanya. i just there's no technical breakdown that i could possibly provide where sean strickland is is a threat to israel Adesanya. It's just, it's just not possible like the 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 marching forward flat-footed overreacting to feints like not not moving the head a ton other than to like weirdly overreact to certain things like he's just a very like jittery type of fighter who's going to be there for izzy to hit um and not be throwing a lot of power back at Izzy. Like there's no reason that Israel Adesanya can't stand in the pocket with Sean Strickland and then fire back the much heavier and more technical and precise shots. Uh, he's done that against the likes of Alec Pereira, who is far superior in that domain. Uh, so yeah, I just don't, I don't see a, a way technically that this fight ends any differently. The only, as I said earlier, uh, the only way this, this goes wrong is if Israel Adesanya beats himself. If there is a way that his ego gets into play and all of a sudden he's, he's leaving himself exposed because he's trying so hard to get the finish that he just loses his head. I would say that the criticism on Israel Adesanya in the past has been a lot more that he's fighting safer than more, uh, risky. Um, so I don't expect that that's, 
the case and he's been in fights that I think he's probably taken a lot more personally than this. Um, so I don't, I don't expect that to be the case. I expect an early to mid, uh, round knockout for Israel Asanya. Sean Strickland is tough though. There, there's something, um, there is something in him that, that allows him to continue to fight and, and getting nuked by Alex Pereira is not an indicator that like you're vulnerable to that. Cause Alex nukes everybody. So, um, I think, I think that there's a chance that he makes it to the decision. Uh, if in that case it would be, you know, 50, 45 or worse. Uh, but I, ex- I expect Israel Adesada to find a finish. I will say he's kind of for the last couple of fights been alluding to some kind of submission. We'll see if he ever really like pulls out that bag, but I just think it will be too easy for him on the feet that there really be no reason to do that. So as, as some of you are aware of, um, because of these watch parties and our friends at DraftKings and because I don't want GC to, to be by himself. Uh, I only play some small wagers on these pay-per-view cards. It's a new trend. We started at 292. Um, I do have an Izzy by sub ticket. It's a very small sprinkle. I mean, it's like a buck. Um, I have a lot of exposure on this fight. Izzy Strickland under two and a half. Um, I just think Izzy's going to get it done. I think he's going to finish him. Uh, I have Izzy over four and a half points as well. I just think he's going to get him out of there. Second or early third. I think it goes under the two and a half, but I will say this. I don't like Sean is going to lose this fight. I think, but I think it's going to be one of those fights where because of what New York Rick said, Sean is super tough and durable and Izzy's probably going to knock him down a few times and Sean's just going to get up and keep talking smack. I think his stock's still going to somehow go up after this loss, like some way, somehow, because again, he doesn't care about any of this. And even if he wins the title, like it's like, all right, I'm the champion. Who can I fight next week? I'll fight somebody in the parking lot. I'll fight somebody in the alleyway. Like, let's do the man dance. That's that. That's how Sean Strickland's going to be. Not This isn't going to change him. You think he's going to go buy a Rolls Royce after this? No, he's just going to be Sean Strickland. So I do think his stock will rise. I do think he's going to have moments where everyone's like, dude, this guy is tough. He is a fighter's fighter. Um, but in the end, I just think stylistically, this is just a horrible matchup for him. So give me Israel Adesanya. Uh, sometime in round two, round three, whether by knockout or maybe I cash a plus 1600 Izzy by submission ticket. Wouldn't that be something, ladies and gentlemen? Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Tai Tuivasa is back, Shaheen Alshadi. He's fighting Alexander Volkov. A little bit of a tough run when you fight Sergei Pavlovich and then you fight Cyril Ghosn in Paris. Those two pretty good fighters right now. Sergey Pavlovich might be fighting for the belt, uh, but now Ty gets a home game. Shaheen, he's gonna get a raucous crowd. He's gonna come out to some incredible entrance music. Shoeys will be ready, rocked and loaded. Maybe they'll take Shoeys with happiness. Maybe they'll take him with sadness. But 
What are you looking for from Tai Tuivasa here? The, the, the ensembles have been great. The hair is unbelievable. I'm super jealous of the lettuce on the head of Tai Tuivasa. This, what are you looking for in this co-main event between Tai Tuivasa and Alexander Volkov? I was going to say, Mike, if you if you get done with this question and you don't mention the hair, you failed in your job, man. Come on. Look at the head of hair that man is wearing. Only New York Rick in the MMA space can rival what that man is pulling <laughs> off this week. It is tremendous. I'm so I'm so deeply jealous. Mike, I know you can relate on this. I'm so deeply jealous of the ability oh, so to jealous. do something like this. So untamed, just flowing in the wind. That's got to just feel tremendous. Eric, how does it feel? Tell me how it feels. It's been like 15 years since I've known what this feels like. It's it is pretty great, um, but I am I am due for a cut. We'll see we'll see if Paulo's busy um, and get that done maybe. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty great. I can't lie. I can't lie. If Ty loses and cuts his hair, will you cut your hair? <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's do it. But uh, listen again, Paulo's a very hard guy to kind of book. Like you know, I try to get in for haircuts when I can. So we'll see if it can fit into the schedule. And he's got a fight coming up, but we'll we'll see what we can make happen. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm disregarding the personal barber aspect of your all's relationship, which I very much appreciate. Uh, no, man. I mean, this is a, this is a really fun fight, right? Like, it's not. I wouldn't say it's the best co-main event we've ever had on a UFC pay-per-view, but ultimately, it is what it is, right? You get a, you, and the UFC knows what it did here. They have a main card lined up with big boys, right? You got two heavyweight fights. You got a light heavyweight fight in there as well. Like, it's what we said at the top. There's going to be a lot of knockouts probably on this main card, and that's sort of what they're shooting for. And if you don't have the names, if you don't have the star power. If you don't have the, the numbers next to the names, the intriguing sort of push the, the division forward type of matchups, then what are you going to do? You're going to stack it with probably explosive finishes and people will have a great time with it. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I, th I think any chance you can get to see Tai Tuivasa erupt a, a local crowd like this, uh, a crowd who's going to be very much in his on his side. It's going to be a party in there when he's walking out. This might be a party in there when he's when, when he's walking out after the fight as well like the whole thing is a cool scene uh we know what we get with these guys at this point ty and volkov have both been in the ufc for quite a long time at this point they've been in these rankings for a long time they they're gonna be no surprises in this i i love anytime you can get uh volkov against a heavyweight who's not quite nearly his size because you can get the sort of stefan struve versus you know like the the face-off picture where somebody's head is just barely in the in the picture because they have to get volkov being so tall like i love everything about that but ultimately this no one's going to be surprised by this i think there's a chance a good chance it's pretty fun it's also a slight chance that it's not very fun at all uh but it's heavyweight matchmaking you know the, the tie tuivasa needs a win alexander volkov hasn't really found a way to work himself in a title picture this would probably get him the closest that he has been in a long time uh but i don't know there's not too much to say about this yeah, but even if he beats Ty, like he's still probably pretty far away considering what's going on in this division with Aspinall and Pavlovich and Gon getting back into it. And if Jelton Almeida beats Curtis Blades, that changes everything. So I still think the road is is a pretty long one for Volkov. I don't know if the road's as long for Ty Tuivasa, New York, Rick. Everybody loves this guy. And if he comes out and knocks out Alexander Volkov and 15,000 people erupt and, out and sh people drinking beer out of their shoes – Ty's a popular dude. Like, I feel like he gets right back in the title picture if he knocks out Alexander Volkov. What do you think? Derek Lewis and Ty Tuivas are never far away from title shots because they're so beloved and they knock people out like sleep style. Like they they put dudes to sleep and then they celebrate in ways that people want to see. Uh, so they're never far from a title shot. They, they need to string a few together and then they're there. If if uh, Ty Tuivasa had knocked out Cyril Gunn, I'm 
fairly confident he'd have been in that title picture if not fighting for the belt uh and he almost did it to be completely honest i kind of look at this fight pretty similarly actually like this feels like a dogger pass to me it feels like the odds are a little bit off like i get why the 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 bookmakers would be in favor of volkov i get why the general public will probably be betting volkov he's got more tools uh he's looked really really good recently and ty has been on the wrong end of a few um and if it goes long, obviously the gas tank's going to be there, and Volkov's going to be the one who's remaining technical. Um, but if you look at their, if you compare their resumes, like they really just are on a similar path of losing to the guys they're supposed to lose to and beating the guys they're supposed to beat. And to be honest, like I was impressed with Ty's performance against Surogan to the point that I was thinking, like if you run that back and you give me dog money again, I'm probably taking Ty again. Um, and I can't say that I'm not in the same spot here where like at, I don't know what he's currently at, but I, I, it was around three to one when I was looking, uh, previously that feels like the right side of of the play for me. Like, I don't, I don't see enough upside out of Volkov that I'm looking at this and going like, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he should be a huge favorite over Ty and he's going to smoke him. I think Ty's going to be live. I think Ty's going to be pressing the action. And when that dude lands, it's a different type of thing. Uh, similarly to Derek Lewis that people just can't handle. So yeah, I, I like Ty in this spot. I, I, if, if you're giving me a coin flip, I'll probably, you know, take Volkov. I'll probably lean that way just because I feel like there's more ways to win. But if, if I'm looking at the odds as currently constructed, Constructed, I, I think this is a fight where you you want to back tie. I think this is a dog or pass situation, and I think he's super live here. He's plus two ten right now. Tie by knockouts yeah, why, plus three hundred. Why not? Why not? So. That that feels like a, a perfectly suitable play. Like Volkov is losing to the same guys Ty's losing to. It's not. It's not like like I. Lo- I don't look at Volkov as like the upper echelon of this division. Now with a win here and maybe another one strung together, he's kind of like knocking on that door. But he hasn't been there yet, and Ty's been in that same spot too. So yeah, I like I like Ty's uh, chances here. No, I mean what it is, is is people looking at Wikipedia and seeing two red marks in a row for Ty and seeing two green marks in a row for Volkov. Right. That's exactly what, what when it comes to to all of this. Right. Because you're right, Eric. I mean they, these guys they're essentially in the same tier of heavyweight. Like, I don't know that there's a huge gap between either one of them and sort of what they've been able to do. So yeah, I don't know. To me, this feels more like a pick them than what the odds are saying. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Volkov. Like he's got a loss to Aspinall. He's got a loss to gone. I don't know. We'll see what happens there, but let's wax poetically on Menel cop. Shaheen Al Shadi. The yes. star of the week Dude's getting in everybody's face. You say anything negative. It's like Elaine after she got bit by a dog in Seinfeld and she thought she had rabies, just <laughs> firing at everybody, just screaming and yelling. Nobody is safe. What have you made of uh, good old Menel Cop this week? Because he's somehow jumping on everybody's radar with with the way he handled himself at the press conference and the, the stare down at the end today. Menel is just getting over like Rover. I love this man so much. I, I want us to go. I want us to go forty-five minutes right now. I'm an El Cop. This dude is the best kind of lunatic, and like the way that, like, like when I was when I was coming up in this game, right? Big into Pride. I loved Vandele Silva because it felt like Vandele Silva was just capable of anything at any point. That if you said one thing wrong to Vandele Silva, he would tear off your arm and beat you over the head with it. Like he would ju- that he was just that this man was capable of such immense like fly off the handle style violence that it's almost just like you're in awe of someone with that quick of a trigger, someone who's just that much of a crazy person, someone who's just that vastly different of a human being than you are that you're almost like can't understand the way that they think. 
to me, Manel Kopp is the exact same. He, he's Vanderlei Silva in like 125-pound package, and I absolutely love it. If you were to put odds, giving me odds on like who's going to steal the show at the press conference, like obviously Izzy and Sean would have been the highest, but then it's Manel Kopp. Like you say one wrong word with, to that dude, and he will hold it personally forever, and he's just going to fly off the handle. He, I loved everything about what he's done this week. I, I'm, it made me so deeply sad that we have not been able to see him fight very much, right? Like he is, his his run in the UFC so far has been so weirdly unlucky that like you almost start to wonder if he's cursed a little bit. Like we're getting one fight a year at this point. All these people are falling out. Even this fight is almost inconsequential. It, it feels like it's just a stopgap as a chance for him to get a payday, which he hasn't had since like last December and, and keep the momentum rolling. Cause we're, then ultimately we're going right back to the Kaikara France fight. But God, man, I've been saying for a while, this guy's going to be the champion of the division sooner rather than later. That was probably wrong because I didn't expect all these hurdles to come in his way, but I can't wait until he is the champion of this division because this is like, he's the best type of MMA personality character, whatever you want to throw out there. Like I, I give me all of these type of dudes who are just the most erratic, most fly up the handle, most quick trigger people possible where you just never know. Like I, like I'm scared right now to say anything bad about him because he might find, come down to Phoenix and beat me up with it and then kick my dog. Like you don't even know this guy. I, I love him. I love him so much. I remember he weighed in as the backup for one of the figgy Marino fights, I think. And he made it and he was just like, I'll fight. And I talked to him like right after, after the weigh-in and everything. And he wasn't going to fight. And he's like, I don't care. I'll go fight both those guys at the same time. Like, I'm not even joking. And I was like, I believe you, dude. Like, I absolutely <laughs> believe you. Menel Cop, like Casey and I have been on the Menel Cop train since like right when he signed with the UFC. We even went back into the archives. Episode three of the old What the Heck show, April, like literally like three weeks after I started at MMA Fighting, Menel Cop was on the show. And he was much calmer than he was at the press conference. That I can assure you. But New York Rick, has anyone, just before even getting into the octagon on this card, maybe Sean Strickland, you can make that argument, but has anyone stock boosted more? Has anyone guarded more attention coming in with the now opponent that he has to getting to where he's at right now, making headlines all over the place and acting just just bringing the ruckus at the press conference. Have you seen just a quick rise like this from a flyweight in recent memory? This is crazy. Not from a flyweight, but it has, it definitely has Hamza Chamaya vibes where it's like, he's, he's talking the talk. And if he can back it up in the cage, the, the sky's kind of the limit for him where it's not very, um, calculated and and planned in the way that like sean strickland is digging into the archives and trying to pull out things on izzy manel cop is just kind of like a tasmanian devil he's just this like cyclone of violence and energy that can't be contained and is kind of just volatile and liable to to break out at any time um and people are kind of digging that i'm definitely digging that uh and to be honest, he's got a good dance part partner in Felipe Dos Santos, who's kind of like bringing the energy to their stare down. Unfortunately, I think somebody has to pay for all those canceled bouts on his tapology page, and poor Felipe is going to be the one who's going to have to pay for it. Um, maybe Israel Adesanya after that. Maybe he'll figure out a way to, to get that fight back after the press conference. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be a, a, a showcase uh, performance for for Manel Cop, and and hopefully this can kind of be the the lead up to. Um, more fights like to Shaheen's point like we just have not seen him and that's been the unfortunate truth I think everybody kind of considers when you just look at the skill set you look at the power that he has at flyweight you look at his composure you look at his ability to kind of like steal the show he has all the vibes of the guy who would already be further 
um, than he is at this point. But unfortunately, it's just kind of been cancel fight after cancel fight after cancel fight. So if he can build some momentum, man, the sky is the limit for this dude at flyweight. And he was to host the fight Pantoja. So if he um, ends up getting a fight with Pantoja, I mean, that one is going to be sick. That one is going to be such a sick fight. So yeah, I'm all aboard the the middle cop uh, bandwagon. I'm I'm definitely not the conductor like you. Um, having him on uh, what the heck, you know, years ago. But I'm I'm on the bandwagon and I'm ready for him to show out. Yeah, he needs to just go run this dude over. Just because we're gonna be talk- we will talk about him in the post fight show for at least 20 minutes if he runs this dude over. And these shoot to box guys, they come in looking to play spoiler, and they have done so quite a few times over the last couple of years. So we will see what happens there. We got the rematch everybody asked for between Justin Taffa and Austin Lane that ended in a nasty eye poke from UFC Jacksonville. And then we get Tyson Pedro and Anton Turkalj, aka the Pleasure Man. That's your main card. And then we got Carlos Ulberg, Doan Jung, Jack Jenkins, Chepe Mariscal is going to be insane. John McDessie's on this card, which I didn't even realize till like earlier this week. And then we got, what else we got? Kevin just set Kiefer, Kiefer Crosby just fought on Kingpin. He just fought on Kingpin against Aaron Chalmers and his next fight is in the UFC. Wild story that is. Shane Young missed weights by almost four pounds. His fight with Gabriel Miranda still on. Blood Diamond's getting back in there with Charlie Ratke. And then maybe the most random fight of the year, Nazrat Hakparas versus Landon Quinones happening on this card. Landon Quinones, if you don't know who he is, uh, was on The Ultimate Fighter and got submitted by Jason Knight in under a minute in his opening bout on The Ultimate Fighter, but got signed to fight Nazrat hack Brast in sydney australia on a pay-per-view card so there you go that is ufc 293 let's bring in e casey Lydon, and we'll take a few questions from the peeps there he is hi, hi, hi casey. casey everybody you're wearing sleeves today i feel better about myself yeah 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 professional you didn't want to embarrass us yeah, yeah. casey can yeah. you just go two minutes oh, yeah. on a manel cop and how much you love him let's go oh 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 <laughs> Uh, <laughs> two minutes is not enough we would need two hours right that's why I, well i wanted to i didn't want it to last yeah long. yeah uh i mean he's 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 the type of fighter like i just love everything about him but good god i would never actually want to be his friend or like be around him <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, <laughs> like some fighters like you know oh let's have a beer with that guy you know but you know, cop i love him from a distance from a distance it just says <laughs> Just pure chaos. It, 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 it was erratic behavior, but I was like, "Oh God, I love it! I just love it so much!" And I just love how, like, like Mike said, a few weeks out in between fights, he's his interviews. He's very calm, nice, and everything. But somehow, when it's fight week, just it's if he flips, it was it was great, and uh, <laughs> and he would he would have. He would have fought I, Izzy for sure. He would have fought yeah. Izzy. Yeah, it, it would. It, it was right so there. close to happening. You would have ruined the whole event. You, like you would be at the bar with him, just getting shots, and you'd tell him like, "Hey, dude, I really like your sunglasses," and he would take it the wrong way, and you'd end up getting slept. Like he's just yeah. a maniac, man. Him Hopefully versus somebody, Brandon Royval at some point hope, needs to happen because that's just. Hope. Hopefully somebody it's asks which is a more man. competitive fight, Sean Strickland versus Israel Asanya or Manel Kopp versus Israel Asanya, because I have an answer, <laughs> and it wouldn't be Sean Strickland. Uh, Manel Kopp gives me, like, early Mike Perry vibes. 
uh, to your point where it's like, you kind of like feel like you might be a little on edge around him. Um, but at the same time, like Mike Perry's transition to very, like much more calm, controlled dad. energy dad, Perry, dad yeah. mode. Um, yeah. that's, that's a lot different, yeah. but early, early Perry vibes for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan the, of Manoa. Yeah. The, the fun thing with cop too, is kind of the thing that Vanderlei had too, where it's like the accent is so thick that like you almost can't like understand what he's saying to you either so like you don't know like how to respond properly to it it's great is he is he understood later that he said who the f are you and then responded to it on twitter but how about Mano cop just asking the champion of the world one of the most decorated ufc fighters ever like who, who the, the f, f are you the guy that's on like every effing poster in town and then ty ty to ibasa sitting in between them like just sitting there like smiling and loving it and then finally he's just like all right i'm done with this ah relax relax just to the, to the i love to the him just being like i'm right here guys i'm right yeah. here and it's a good thing he was right there because i think if like anybody else was sitting in between those two guys it could have got a lot weirder so uh we shout out to ty press- we need those pressers back where they have like different cards on the stage where it's not just like the one card we just need like yeah. different dudes the energy the connor who the f is that guy to jeremy stevens like we just need like and kiesa and kevin lee like don't talk about my mom we just need these like moments between random guys cop and, and israel was not one i was anticipating but i love that energy so let's get more let's get more of those random matchups i i, I felt so bad for kai car france because you know Izzy started getting all angry. He was like, shut up, you midget. And Kai's like, oh. <laughs> 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 like, like, I don't know. Oh. I was so, I was, crazy. I was so I mean, excited. I was just like, Manel's like so mad at people. Like he's just so, so Kai Car France gets a concussion and it's like, you ruined everything. But look it's at his your- tapology. Look at his tapology, and you'll understand. There's a lot so of seasons. So, so much been a yeah. level of frustration for this guy. <laughs> yeah. Where like each time somebody pulls out, he's just more off the handle about it. Somebody it's needs to pay. Crazy. Somebody needs to pay for this. Uh, good right, for you, Felipe Dos Santos. Good for you. <laughs> That's gonna be fun. Sir. That's gonna be really fun. All yeah. Right. <laughs> do do do. Uh, oh, here we go. Anyone else shocked at the crowd rooting for Sean and booing Izzy? So let me, but before I throw this to you, New York, Rick, we'll go down the line here. Um, what people tend to forget, and I think I've been guilty of this a time or two, uh, Australia and New Zealand are not the same place. Like they're not the same. It's not the same place. And Australia and New Zealand are kind of rivals. It, now, if you look at it from a regional perspective, you're like, oh, we cheer for all oceanic regional fighters, then cool. Like you're all good. But if, you're like on Team Australia and you hate Team New Zealand, then you're going to boo the New Zealand guys and cheer for Sean Strickland or Manel Cop or whoever else. So uh, having said that, New York Rick, are you surprised that Sean is getting a babyface reaction here this week? I'm a little bit surprised by the by the reaction to Sean. I didn't expect him to be as over. I'm not surprised by the reaction to Izzy. For one, like obviously he's knocked out Robert Whitaker on Australian soil, and I'm sure that there's people who like just never liked him and will never like him. Uh, Israel Asanya also does a thing that I think certain people do. Aljamain Sterling comes to mind where they realize that there's a certain uh, amount of people against them and they decide, they plant their flag in the sand and say, I don't care about winning you over. I'm going to be me. I'm going to display who I am and you're going to get used to it. You're either going to like it or you're not. Um, and that doesn't um, endear people to you. 
that kind of polarizes them against you, that furthers and, and starts to grow the, the the number of people that don't like you. But Israel Adesanya is not going to apologize for for who he is. He is who he is. He he displays it proudly. And there's a certain group of people that don't like that, unless it's Sean Strickland. If Sean Strickland's doing it, then they love it. So um, what you what you make of that, I'll let you decide on why uh, some people are allowed to do that and some others are not. Um, but I think Israel being unapologetic about who he is and already kind of having a, a group of people that that don't like him um is only going to continue to grow but the moment he sleeps sean strickland and does a tiktok dance over him or does a bow and arrow like he does over alex Pereira, those same people are going to be talking about how it's the coldest celebration ever and going crazy and texting their friends and doing all these things so all israel adesad needs is, is to win the fight in the way that he's capable of doing and those people will become his biggest fans in fact i'd argue that they're probably his biggest fans they're just in the closet about it and, and don't want to say it they're they're kind of these like self-loathing type of fans but um i'm not i'm not surprised by that reaction i am a little surprised by ha- just how over sean strickland is i'm, I'm not very surprised I, I feel like in an era of cookie cutter characters in mma like sean strickland connects with people right like like maybe this isn't america maybe this isn't the u.s where he'd probably get an even bigger reception but i feel like mma is a the, uh, if mma fan based mma audience the people who would go to these type of things oppressor or whatever they're very online. They're very aware of all, all of sort of Sean Strickland's antics, what this guy's about, and he makes people laugh. Like, really, that's what it is. If, you, if you're a fighter who can make people laugh, you'll have a job at the UFC forever. We've seen it with all sorts of people. Derek Lewis, like, if you could just connect with people and really make them enjoy your personality, your, the way you, you sort of atta- attack pressers and sort of attack interviews and things like that, like, you're going to get a good reception anywhere. And I think Sean, for all his faults, and he has plenty, like, he can connect with fan base the fan base to or, or at least segments of the fan base people who very much agree with certain things that he's saying like he can connect very well with them so i'm not very surprised by it yeah i was talking to laura sanko and we try to like mesh who sean strickland is and it's like a combination of nick diaz stone cold steve austin and like a, a hint of don fry that's who sean strickland and, is. and there's some there's some colby in there put some colby there's definitely some Colby. He's notes. got, he's got, yeah, he's got Colby vibes. But there's, yeah. there's like Colby, but like not like I don't know that Sean does politics in the way Colby does politics directly. Like Sean's talking about more like social type of like wokeness and things like that, whereas Colby's just all about Trump, Trump, Trump. Like I feel like there's a distinguishing factor there, but yeah, I, I agree. Also, I mean, it's, it feels very '90s WWF, right? Like, it like what really that he's doing. How he just doesn't care. Him? It's great. I think that's he does care. I, I, I actually, I, I that's one thing I kind of disagree. I think he does care about his image and this whatever. Like I, I'm a disruptor, and uh, you know, it, I, I think he really does care. But the whole cancel me shirt is like, dude, your main event for the biggest fight promotion in the world. You have every media outlet begging you for interviews. We're you getting put on the biggest platform, platform that you've been possible. <laughs> You're like, nobody's listening to me. It's like, what are you talking about, man? You you have every microphone in your face. I, I think uh, I think he does care. I think he care he really cares about his image much more than I think he fakes it. I don't know. That's, and I, I, I think, think that, that applies that, to both guys, by the way. Like, I think oh, Israel Adesanya this week has done a lot of, like, uh, Sean's not really bothering me. He seems pretty bothered, if I'm being honest. He, it seems like Sean has kind of gotten to him a little bit this week. My favorite, actually, exchange of the whole week was, uh, was it after the press conference? When they kind of, there was that little dialogue they had when they were facing off at the press conference. And they basically kind of, <clears throat> sorry, they basically kind of both kind of said, 
all right, cool. We're both making paychecks. Hope you get paid, whatever. You know, and like, and then Sean said that line. And I was like, I just want to get that bag you get, you know? Like, I, I, I actually do think Sean, um, I think his pre, pre-fight pre stuff, you know, he's really relaxed. He's having fun. I'm really curious how he's going to perform. Not even, not, not saying even his, the A-plus version of Sean Strickland beats the worst version of Izzy. I'm not even sure that happens. But... There's a lot of I think there is a lot of pressure on is on Sean Strickland because if he gets totally smoked, is he getting when's he getting title shot again? Because he wants he talks about it all the time. He wants to get paid. He wants money. He's in this for the money. And if he wins this, if he if he wins this, his life changes. If he loses this fight, he's back to just, you know, upper middle class living Sean Strickland, you know? <laughs> Um, I, I just think I think I think there's a lot of pressure on Sean. I think I think he's gonna feel it when he walks out into that cage and sees Izzy across the cage from him Saturday night. I'm not sure Sunday he'll get morning. a title shot again. I think you're right. Like this is probably the the shot do, that do, he has. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like Sean, Sean's not a dummy. Like, he, like his life changes forever if he wins, and that's a yes, lot of pressure to me. That's not that's not a house money thing. That's like, geez, you know. No, there's the circumstances huge, though. You know what I mean? Huge. There's huge potential reward. You're right. Like the, the ceiling on it comes off if he can win. But I also think if he loses, like look at Paulo Costa. He lost as embarrassingly as possible as you can to Israel Adesanya, right? Like there is not a – like he smoked them. Like that wasn't a competitive fight for, for 30 seconds. And he's back. He's fine. I don't think Sean will ever be back in a title picture if he loses this. But what I think is he'll still headline some Apex shows. He'll still collect a good check. He'll he'll oh, be okay yeah. from that perspective. And I think that's kind of his ceiling anyway. Let's be honest. Like, this is not the fight for him. He is not going to win this fight. His ceiling I mean, is Apex headliner, right? And I think he'll be back to that. And he'll be competitive in those fights and win a, a good portion of those. And that'll be okay. And he'll make good money doing it. Um, but if he wins then yeah, he enters a completely different stratosphere. Like think about how we think about Juliana Pena. Like she's just in a different tier now in terms of how people look at her, her drawing power. Forever, forever now, forever. Forever. This is it. You you just needed the one. She beat Amanda and now it's completely changed for her. She was somebody who people would have been real happy to just send away forever if she lost to Amanda Nunes. But she didn't and she got it done and now it's changed forever. So yeah, I agree. The ceiling is is pretty high, but I also feel like the floor is pretty low. Like Sean Strickland will will be back to that floor of Apex headliner um, or pay-per-view like mid-carter even after losing this. Like I think he'll be okay and, and I think he's okay with that. You, I think you mean the floor is high, right? Because like ultimately, no, sorry, the floor is high. The floor is high. Yeah. Because yeah. ultimately, he'll be he'll be fine. Because he play. Because ultimately, he plays a hyper necessary role in this middleweight ecosystem, right? Because like we use yeah. the term gatekeeper, and I feel like people take offense to it, but like that's a real role. That's a real thing that we need to have in the fight game. And Sean is like the elite gatekeeper at 185, right? Like if you can beat him, you're there. You're a top five guy. You're you're one of the title challengers. He's the guy who can fend those people back. The UFC needs that forever, and it's the same thing that we were just saying of, like, people connect with him, man. People like him. People like hearing him speak. Like, if you're if you're able to do those two things, thread that line, you got a job forever, man. Not yeah. only that, but him and Kevin Holland, you call them, they, they're there. Those are two yeah. guys, like, on the roster. There's a lot of guys who pretend that they're that guy. Kevin Holland, Sean Strickland, they need a fight. They will be there, guaranteed. You call them, they'll be there. And that is a super valuable thing for the UFC. And they will reward those people. And you will you will continue to climb the ladder with them if you continue to do that. So yeah, he's he's one of those guys that like I'm not concerned about his long term, but let's be real. Like I don't think he's gonna be champion and um I don't think he'll get back to a title shot anytime soon. I will say if if he wins, 
which we haven't oh. given a lot of credence to. If we <laughs> if he wins, the sport changes in a weird way, in a very bizarre way. But also, like the 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 level of, I don't know the level of star he could become just because he's a very weird character. But like the level of money That's- that he will make for the rematch will be absurd because the, the Disney machine, they act like they're better than this and they're very much not better than this. They will go all in on this rematch and that dude will talk more shit than any human being has ever talked to anyone if he's able to pull this off. The the the, the point that that's going to get to, like Izzy is going to be having nightmares about this man in his ear and all the things that he'll be saying for months and months and months until that fight. Like the, whatever the lead up to a potential rematch would be, that fight's going to be massive. So there is, you're right, Casey, that, I mean, it's life-changing if he wins in like a very profound way. Even if that title reign is one one title defense yeah. long. Bis- Bisping I, I only the- needed one. Like, you know, it, 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 this is, it, somebody, I think it was you, Shaheen, alluded to like Bisping and Rockhold earlier when we were talking about upsets. Similar vibes right there. Like Bis- Bisping's going to be a made man forever. Didn't have to defend the belt. Like it doesn't even matter. Um, did he defend the belt? Excuse me, sir. Dan Henderson. Maybe Strickland can squeeze one of those in. Um, Hamza, Number right? Number 11 like, ranked again, 40-year-old Dan Henderson. And then fight Izzy right. again. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like, and then and then GSP comes and takes it. But yeah, the, the ceiling is high, but I think the floor is also really high for Sean Strickland here. Like, I don't think there's much at stake yeah. for him. And now the UFC is seeing... Like, because UFC 290, Sean Strickland stole the show. Him and Alex Perez stole the show from everybody. And that included Volkanovsky, Holloway, Izzy, Cannonier. It was the Sean Strickland, Alex Pereira show. And I think the UFC was like, all right, we got something there, but maybe it's an, maybe it's a unicorn. Maybe it's an anomaly. Sean Strickland is like outside of Manel cops, like 90 seconds at the press conference. It has been the Sean Strickland show all week long. It is, it is Sean. He is driving the interest. People are, are gravitating towards him. Not only will he headline Apex cards, but he might just be like a pay-per-view main card guy moving forward too. Let's get this dude at the press conferences and he could be a big cog yeah, in our he's wheel. There yeah, is he's there right already. there. Does Sean Strickland, does he, is he out, does he, is it just the hardcores that are interested in him or is he, are casuals interested in no. Sean Strickland yet? I don't think there's a casual alive that's tuning in for a Sean Strickland fight. Like he's that's, just not that, that, that exciting that, as, that's as what, a that's actual fighter. That's what I got. That's ultimately it too, right? Is that in cage results or not? He's not like a really exciting fighter. That's and that's what I think really matters, because I I think like because when sorry, last week was whatever two weeks ago when the O'Malley Aljo um, fight happened. No, basically the conversation was UFC clearly wants Sean O'Malley to win. Does the UFC want Strickland to win? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Absolutely. We're saying Strickland's a big star. They didn't even want to give him this opportunity. Exactly. We're we're saying he's such a big star. You know, he's like, oh, he's going to be his pay-per-view mainstay. I just don't quite believe that yet. I, I, I just think, I think they're two different things because I think he already is a pay-per-view mainstay. I think he was that the moment he got in the presser battle with Izzy at the, before the Pereira fight. Like It's the same thing of just if people want to see you fight or if people are interested in your character and what you have to say, like you're going to be on pay-per-views like this for the rest of your career, right? He also doesn't have to be that guy now. He can be that guy later. As an example, right? Like Kamara Usman's reign was good and it, and it kept the UFC like having a, a guy who's a dominant champion. But Colby Covington comes back in the mix and all of a sudden it's back. It's like he never left, right? You kind of just need some of these characters to stick around and you don't necessarily have to use them right now. They can be down the line, somebody uh, that you throw in there. Sean Strickland could be the foil for any guy. 
all of a sudden Hamza needs somebody to talk some ish to him and and rile him up, throw Sean Strickland in there. Now you got now you got something like he's a guy that is kind of so interchangeable in that regard and is able to drum up interest so much regardless of the like and compare him to Colby not necessarily because I think their shticks are similar I do see some elements but I do think there's distinctions it's more for the idea that like Colby's fights aren't that exciting either like Colby's a high volume guy he's gonna throw a lot but he's really just like not gonna finish anybody it's it's gonna be pretty like meat and potatoes and so is sean strickland like when sean strickland beats people it's going to be a jab fest he's going to be walking after him flat-footed and there's not going to be a finish and we know that and we know that with colby covington too so most of the time um the the attention that they're drawing is outsized and and their actual in-cage product isn't that exciting if if colby covington or sean strickland were anybody else people would be snoozing them and saying that they're you know uh curtain jerkers if they're even on the the perfect example is colby before he even changed his persona he was literally a curtain jerker he was a guy who was on the undercard like that's where sean strickland would be and that's where colby covington would be back if we were only grading their style alone but they bring more to the table beyond just their actual style sean strickland at like ufc4 would have been like the biggest superstar ever. Yeah. Like he would have he would have just fit into that NHB era in such a, a real way. Like really missed opportunity there. I mean, he's got some good wins. Like he he stopped, he overwhelmed and beat the hell out of Brendan Allen. Like that that win is aged very well. Yeah, just in the second well. round. Yep. You know, a boost Magomedov is what it is. Mm-hmm. It was uh as BC called it on BTL yesterday, get well fight uh, leading yeah. into this, but yeah, man, it's uh, interesting times, interesting times. And there's value to being, you know, a Sean Strickland who, even though most people feel like you can't win, but you're still generating interest for a fight. Like there's still something to that. There's value to that. So we'll see what happens. It would be, I don't even know how we're going to do a post-fight show if Sean Strickland wins the middle of title. We're going to have to wait like three fun. days. It would be fun. Oh, man. Wow. What a world. All right, I'll take a couple more. A couple more. Right. Do, do, do. Uh, do. Here we go. Uh, question for the panel. What fight are you most excited about on this entire Sydney card? Sean? You know what? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to default to Manel Cop because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see, see however many months that is, of thir- 12 months, eight months of just pure aggression and frustration really come out in this cage and i'm really curious what that's going to look like so that's my guy i'm just i'm just happy to see him back i've been i've been won over by turkali and and pedro i've just liked their vibes this week i think there's a high potential that that's like a a one and done in either direction fight um so i like that one i'm i'm digging that one yeah those are all good I mean, the obvious is like Chepe and, and Jack Jenkins, right? Like I that one's going to be a that one's going to be a, a banger. Um, but it almost feels too obvious. It's like the if you're looking up the card, it's kind of the one that everybody's going to pick. But there's some there's some fun fights on this card. It's just that like none of them have any stakes. Like there is just I mean, nothing aligned in anything. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like because like the Allberg junk like fight also thing. looks like that. Great. That's going to be violent, right? But it's yeah. just like what's this? What's this mean? There you go. Uh, since Canada versus Izzy was a snooze fest and Canada versus Strickland was a snooze fest, <laughs> I mean, Izzy versus Strickland is likely to be a snooze fest. 
So I'm, I'm going to transition, <laughs> transition this into like a different question because this is something I wanted to ask you guys and it kind of slipped my mind and I'll start with you, New York, Rick. What if this is a snooze fest? Yeah. What if Izzy goes out and just 50-45 Strickland and peop, half the crowd leaves the building in the I middle just of the can't. I, I can't see it. I really cannot <laughs> fathom a world where that happens and I say that from the perspective that like Izzy's been in some fights that were not exciting. And Sean Strickland's been in some fights that were not exciting, no doubt. But the common theme in both in both cases in the in those is they were the aggressors, right? They were the offensive fighters, right? In those fights, Israel Adesanya is just kind of picking apart Jared Cannonier or Yoel Romero or whatever. They're the only ones kind of like pushing the action. Now, don't get me wrong; they're not going for broke, but they're they're the ones pushing the action. And the same for Sean Strickland; like he's kind of just like outpointing people both of them can't be offensive in this fight. I don't see a world where both of them are just like equally offensive. Somebody is going to impose their will on the other. Somebody is going to dominate the other. I am guessing, and most reasonable people are guessing that that's going to be Israel Adesanya. And if Israel Adesanya is opposing his will on Sean Strickland, I don't think Sean Strickland has the tools to fight back. I just think that that is one-way traffic, no matter how you look at it. So it will be very weird. It will be like, I can't fathom a world where Sean Strickland is is offensively sound enough against a guy as technical and and good as Israel Adesanya, where he's just like hanging in there and Izzy's kind of just like picking him apart. I just think there's going to be too many opportunities for Izzy to finish. Um, And if Sean wins, it sure as hell ain't coming from a jab fest against Israel Adesanya because he's he's outgunned there and he's going to lose that every single time. So he's going to have to finish Israel. He's going to have to find something somewhere and finish him. I can't I just can't see it. The only outcome I cannot see is just like a boring they're just trading jabs. It's it's I just stylistically it's oil and water. I I, I, I it's not sorry. That would be oil and water for me and I just don't see it. it, it they're they're going to clash. There is going to be a clash at some point forced by one or the other. Um like Sha- can't- Shaheen, let me Eric Nixick tells you the story all the time about the Sean Strickland-Alex Pereira fight. We had a game plan. His game plan was to go in and wrestle this dude, and Sean Strickland said, go F yourself. I'm going to punch this dude in the face. And Nixick has said, yeah, it's a bad stylistic matchup, but we have put together a game plan we feel confident enough that if Sean follows this game plan, he can beat Israel Adesanya. So what if this game plan that they've crafted and he is somehow – mind melted Sean Strickland into believing this is the path to victory. I'm going to listen to everything he says. What if it's just like, Hey, instead of being the offensive striker, you be the counter striker. And we end up with like a weird mm. Spider-Man God, flipping God the, the webs at each other. Like what if that happens? Like what if Sean is not the over aggressive guy and he's, he slows down the pace and this turns into somehow Sean Strickland becoming a mid range kickboxer. And is, he's just like, all right. I mean, if you're just going to give me this, I'm going to take it. Like, what if this fight ends up like that? And it's just Izzy. That would be like picking a worst, dude apart a worst version of Izzy versus Romero. Or a worse version. Yeah. Like, what if that yeah. happens? That's, though? Like, because even, well, even if this is Strickland's game plan and it's like ironed out that like the hardcore is like, all right, this is the game plan. And Eric Nixon says, oh, no, this is what we wanted to happen. Izzy's going to get all the blame for it. Is he not? Like, he's just going oh, yeah. to get it. He's going to get all of it. Do you think that Sean Strickland can do that though? Like, does it is everything oh, that we know, know about <laughs> everything that we know about Sean Strickland? Does that seem like something he's capable of, like just inherently pulling within him of like holding back from not just being like, all right, I gotta go crazy type of thing? Like, I don't, I, I mean, maybe, maybe if if Sean Strickland goes out there and wrestles Izzy, 
and takes his time and pulls a yellow Romero and wins the weirdest decision ever. That's in a macabre way the most hilarious result I've ever seen in MMA. <laughs> like that's just I'm I'm super here for Let- whatever that result is. If that's how this happens, and then Sean just goes off on a tangent for the next three months talking about how he beat it, beat Izzy. Like that's just whatever that world is. I'm I'm here for that. That's really let, weird. Oh my God. Let me just allow me for one second to point out the difference between Sean Strickland and Yoel Romero because I I know that that <laughs> makes sense in prac in in this you know fantasy world, but Yo, the book on Yoel Romero is lack of activity and then explosion that oh, ends very violently killing people. That is the book on Yoel Romero. The reason Israel Adesanya wouldn't rush that is because if he does, Yoel Romero is going to kill him the way he's killed many people before. If he rushes Sean Strickland, there's really not a lot coming back at him. Like, I just don't see a world where he's frozen in place like Yoel Romero would be. And there's well, yeah, anything that's, that's scaring Israel Adesanya. He's going to beat his face in if he's just standing still. That's uh, the thing with like, the, the Romero fight, right? Like, you go back to early in that fight. Izzy rushed him early and then got Izzy, caught with Izzy, that. Yeah, he's like, yeah. all right. I'm and then he's like, all right, man. Like, I'm cool. If you're not going to do Yoel Romero. Keep your legs for the next 25 minutes, <laughs> yeah. but whatever. Yeah. But. I just don't. If see Sean Strickland could do that, I'd be I'd be floored. I'd be floored if he could make Izzy fear him in that way by standing still. To me, to me, the wrestling is like the more interesting part of this question because yeah. that's not really something anybody is talking about. Is like, what if Sean just goes out there and tries to wrestle the entire fight? And like in theory, that feels valid, right? Like that feels like a viable path for him. But I don't know. To me, that is also overblown. Where like. Wh- who have we really seen out wrestle Israel Adesanya outside of like Jan Blachowicz in a very early Marvin Vittori, super early in Izzy's career too? Like, like I feel like the defensive wrestling thing that people try to poke at with Izzy maybe is not there to the degree that they think it is. Like he's he's a pretty and damn good at sending off takedowns, he, he, and, and he just even with his movement and lateral movement, like preventing the idea of takedowns even coming yeah. at him. And being in we the don't even K, need to go. Yeah. We don't even need to go back a month to to reflect on the like just wrestle him conversation that was around Sean O'Malley, uh, who showed uh, maybe that doesn't work so hot. Like maybe it's yeah, not as easy to who understands angles guys. and movement and all that. Like yeah, it's it's not, pretty, yeah, it's not yeah. just wrestle him. <laughs> yeah, Let me like, tell you, like Anderson Silva is Israel is like just wrestle him. Yeah, it's like just wrestle him. That's it. <laughs> just wrestle. Him. Okay, I, don't, I don't understand yeah, how these guys are the goats. Bro. You know, just 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 wrestle, rush him, bro. wrestle him, bro. Come on, yeah, piece of cake. I'm telling. One thing, one thing that I've learned, and I, I think some of the people that are watching this as well, I came into this preview show with like no vibes of like anything crazy happening. I'm not saying that I have a lot of vibes that something crazy is going to happen, <laughs> but I have some now. I have we, some. We're I talking like this out. Into a lab. Talking this out. Everybody but you has talked about how he has no chance, no path to victory, and now you're just like, that did it for me. That sealed it. Now I'm starting to believe. Now I'm starting to believe. And you know what? Based on some of the picks I've made on the MMA Hour, you're probably right. You're probably oh, right. Just based on how I'm, rough a run it's been for me. Okay, so I don't feel I'm, – I'm, I'm at least attempting to mentally prepare myself for the near impossible. And I don't yep. know what that actually looks like right now. But I'm I'm starting to prepare myself for a world that I didn't think we'd be living in. That's the isn't, vibes. It's a weird year. This is people. why we love MMA though, because like in other sports it really is impossible, but this is the one where like 
the impossible actually is possible. Every so often, there's one random night in the middle of September, or the early part of September, where all of a sudden Sean Strickland's the champion of the world and everybody's just like, what the F happened in, in this Well, scenario? yeah, because you're right. Because like, like you said, like uh, last week, Rose Namajunas catches a kick, breaks her pinky, whatever. You never know. Like, Izzy's a human. He catches one kick, snaps his middle finger, just something stupid, and all of a sudden... He, that's just enough to make this fight stupid enough where Strickland somehow wins a 48-47. You know, Maybe John Jones' toe nearly breaking off against Chelsea and was exactly. two minutes away from the craziest outcome in MMA history. So, oh yeah, it can happen any, any random night. Can you imagine if Sean Strickland, like Cody Garbrandt's, Israel Adesanya, where he's like, <laughs> on him. he's like dancing in the fourth <laughs> round when Izzy misses a punch. I cannot imagine it, but it would be the funniest thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh! I God, I I want like all of these things to happen in some way. It's I, I, I mean, it's been a couple years of chaos, man. Like we've seen really some weird, weird stuff, dude. Oh my gosh! Do we have any more? Qu- I don't know if we can Le- talk. Leon Edwards, yeah. by the way, another good example of like just wrestle exactly. him. Just wrestle him. Leon Edwards, Sean O'Malley, Israel Asani. Just wrestle him. Just wrestle him. Yeah. Who, you know? Easy, man. That's it. It's easy. that easy. Don't overthink it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I think we're good, gentlemen. Yeah. Great. I mean, look, we, we have to mentally prepare for chaos in a couple of hours on MMAfighting.com because we got game-bred bare-knuckle MMA going down. Junior Dos Santos versus Fabricio Verdum 2, ladies and gentlemen. That is about to happen, but tomorrow's going to be a very busy day. We got the People's Pre-Fight Show. We got the watch party. Jose is in Sydney. We'll have all the post-fight interviews with the winners and the tastemakers of the card. We'll have the post-fight press conference. We might have the most insane post-fight show in the history of MMAfighting.com. We'll have it on to the next one. It's going to be a busy weekend. And if you don't want to spend 85 bucks on this pay-per-view after taxes, join us for the watch party because I can tell you right now, GC and I are going to be excited. New York Rick, main event Rick is going to join us, and boy does he have his hands full following the GOAT Paco Porter who will join us for the co-main. Yes! Yes! And Alexander Volkov. That is going down. Hit the music, Casey. We are out of here. You're all the best. I'm telling you, I'm feeling vibes. I feel you. UFC 300, Sean Strickland versus Hamzat Shemaev, headlining <laughs> UFC 300, coming to a Acapora television in the co-main. Let's go, baby. <laughs> John Jones 2? Porter Jones 2 oh. in the co-main event? Oh, let's if, go. Man. If this happens, hey, it's Jones, only because Mike Jones, he wants a big paycheck. John Jones wants a big paycheck. Akapora going to show you some things on that on that watch party that's going to get him that so excited. First thing he said, like, do you want me for the whole thing or just the co-main event? I'm like, I wish we could have you for it all, but we just can't. We just can't. So thank you all very much for Shaheen, for Casey on the ones and twos, for New York Rick joining us. Free pay-per-view, which I love very much. We have to do this again. I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching. See you tomorrow, everybody. listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Click, click, click. Writer's block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Stress less and save time at canva.com.
designed for work.